The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks again for tuning in to Winning Ponies. I am John Engelhart, and we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Going to have some uh, interesting guests tonight. Uh, the first guest I met three weeks ago for the first time, though I've read about him on a national basis, and that's jockey Joe Steiner. Well, Joe retired from the saddle uh, over a year ago. And uh, he's got some interesting stories. Uh, back in the day, Silver Charm, uh, looking at Lucky, etc. Uh, he used to work horses for Bob Baffert. Uh, he did most of his riding on the West Coast up in Washington. He was also part of that great Santa Anita colony uh, with McCarran and Pinkai and Shoemaker and the, the who's who, Sandy Hawley, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, uh, just one of the greatest jockey colonies ever. He was a part of that. And then Joe also uh, survived some very, very serious injuries. They told him he'd never ride again. And uh, through different uh, treatments, of which he will tell us about, he got back in the saddle. It's a cool story, being from up around the Washington area. After he uh, had his comeback, uh, he went back up to Emerald Downs. Uh, very familiar with that area, as I believe his parents were on the track kitchen. Um and scored his 1,000th win in his next start back. Pretty cool. But now, with all the experience he's had in rehabilitation, he was talking about being becoming a sports psychologist, and now he is a life coach for the leading rider at Emerald Downs, uh, who uh, absolutely is killing him, Rocco Bowen. He's about 60 wins on top at Emerald Downs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he's going to go with, with being a life coach. I think this was one of his uh, first clients. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, he has now moved back uh, to uh, Georgetown, Kentucky. I shouldn't say moved back. It's first time here. And we're going to find out uh, about what he's doing now. Uh, and his life in Georgetown, he's uh, just works horses, doesn't gallop them, but uh, works horses for some very, very top trainers. So Joe Steiner will be our first guest, and uh, then we will go to my buddy Tom Lamara, who is uh, now involved in racing in the Mid-Atlantic area. He's the managing editor of THARacing.com. He handles all the communications for uh, the Maryland THA, and he's involved in special projects for the Maryland Jockey Club. But he hasn't lost his ability to handicap. He also grew up in the North Jersey area, not far from Philadelphia, and Parks has an amazing card on Saturday. Uh, starts with the grade three Uh Gallant Bob, the 30th running. That's a six furlong affair and uh, really a well-matched group here. I'm dying to see who he like, likes. These are for three-year-olds. So these are the ones that didn't stretch out. Then it is the grade one million dollars cotillion. And I'm sure a lot of the horses in the field weren't happy when the entries came out. And they saw Abel Tasman listed in the entries Abel Tasman, of course, has now reeled off three straight 
grade one wins. She's been given some freshening with her trainer, Bob Baffert, on the West Coast. She's back, and for those four grade one wins, Mike Smith was in the saddle. He'll be in the Philly area on Saturday. Again, that's the grade one cotillion at Parks. Uh, still in, not necessarily the, the headline grabber because uh, the boys, the Pennsylvania Derby is going to be run a mile and an eighth. And uh, Mike Smith, he could have one heck of a parlay there moving from the 10th to the 11th, the million-dollar PA Derby. He'll be aboard West Coast who just gets better and better and better as the competition gets tougher and tougher. West Coast, 8-5, to five, morning line favorite out of the Baffert barn. Of course, his last win, the historic Travers Stakes. Also in that race, one of my favorites, I Rap, who, uh, if you put a line through his Kentucky Derby, has had a sensational spring, was third in that Travers. Should have gotten second, in my opinion. I do believe that he was uh, bothered by Gunavera, but that's not the way the stewards saw it. So Tom Lamar will be with us to uh, review the, the racing at Parks. And uh, want to remind everybody that uh, there's going to be some other good racing. So what do you want to do when that happens? Well, who are you going to call? winning ponies that's right you want to go to the winning ponies easy win forms hope you were playing mountaineer this week we did awfully well a 50 cent super key on the 17th paid 6,159 uh then we had a another hit uh, the next day a one dollar super paying over 2,900 and on the same eve a one dollar super five key paid two thousand three hundred and thirty six dollars. Uh, also uh, coming up, we got the uh, Oklahoma Derby is going to be this week. So there's a lot of uh, good races on that Remington card in New York. Well, we've got the Grade Two Kelso for three and an up going a flat mile on the dirt, and then on the turf it's the Noble Damsel. That's a Grade Three, two hundred thousand going a mile. On the turf, that one for the ladies. Also, other graded stakes action, the grade three Charlestown Oaks, $300,000 on the grab, uh, up for grabs there. Uh, that, again, will be a Saturday race. Gulfstream has a hundred grander in the Bears Den stakes. And uh, like I said, Parks is going to have a slew of good races on the undercard, $100,000 alphabet soup. Uh, there's the uh, Pennsylvania Derby Champion Stakes. That's 150 grander, and uh, so you're going to have some great, uh, let's say, lateral racing that you're going to be able to get in on there. And then again, the uh, the Remington Park Derby that is not going to be until Sunday. I should say the Oklahoma Derby at Remington Park, uh, but they too are going to have quite a few stakes on the undercard. Uh, the Flashy Lady Stakes. Uh, then you got the one hundred seventy-five thousand dollar Governor's Cup. Uh, you've got the uh, Remington Green on the turf. That's a hundred grander. The Remington Parks Oaks two hundred grand. Of course, that's going to be highlighted uh, by the Oklahoma Derby with 400000 up for grabs. Well, uh, very sad headlines this week. I'm sure you already know about it. Penny Shenry, who is the first lady of racing, passed away at the age of 95. Of course, she was the owner of 
none other than 1973 Triple Crown winner Secretariat. And after Secretariat moved on, she became just a fantastic champion of the sport, spoke so well and handled herself uh, so perfectly, a great ambassador uh, of racing for years and years, right up until last uh, few months she was making personal appearance. She became one of the first women ever admitted to the Jockey Club, and she helped found the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and created set the Secretariat Box Populi Award that annually honors racing's most popular horse. We always give you the results here on winning ponies. Of course, a lot of you uh, got to see uh, relive Secretariat's life uh, through the Disney movie uh, Secretariat, and uh, so... He's been compared to, you know, to, to Man of War. Some compare Man of War to him. Uh, Secretary, it was amazing. I know a lot of people do forget, though, is the year before, Reva Ridge was no slouch either uh, for the uh, Meadow Stable. Uh, Reva Ridge went on to win the uh, Kentucky Derby. So uh, he, uh, they, they got the horse, her father, and a coin flip of who was going to get which horse, and uh, they ended up getting Secretariat. So, Penny Shenry, you will be missed. You were great for the game. Now, Bob Baffert. You know, he's got a lot of horses that are going to get ready for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Several months ago, everybody was said Arrowgate was a slam dunk. Obviously, things have changed there with some of his performances. And right now, he says he's training great. He's looking forward to it. But he is 50-50. Now, he had a good work the other day under Rafael Bayarano, a half mile and 49-3. and Um and galloped out to five furlongs in 102 and three. Uh, Bayerano came back, said the horse is going great. But again, Baffert says unless he's, you know, feels really, really good about it, he's still on the fence with Arrogate. Of course, he's got an awful lot of others in the barn. Okay, and also get well wishes out to Jimmy Barnes, who's Baffert's main man. He fractured his pelvis about four days ago in an incident where he became unseated from a stable pony and the, the pony fell over him and it crushed his pelvis. Uh, I don't believe they've operated on him yet, uh, but uh, nonetheless, best wishes to Jimmy Barnes, uh, maybe the best uh, assistant trainer uh, in, in, in the country. So uh, we, uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Again, uh, the he- headliner in the Oklahoma Derby, uh, I guess a lot of people would say Gervin might be the horse to watch. Of course, he's been so highly tied- touted in, in so many of his starts. Uh, we'll see if, uh, if he can get back to his winning ways. Uh, he's not going to be real easy, though, I can tell you that. Now, now Gervin, uh, uh, Robbie Alvarado will be back in the saddle. Uh, just threw a clunker in for the Travers. Joe Sharp says he just didn't take to the track. Uh, but also in there is uh, Battle of Midway, who um, didn't fare well in the Haskell to Gervin, but came back at Delmar in the shared belief and just wowed him with a one-on-one buyer winning by six. Flavian Pratt will be in town to ride him. All right, a quick look at our races from last week want to thank john cisco from woodbine in the woodbine uh canadian uh, was one of the first races that we looked at and of course everybody loving quidura in in that one and then there was the uh, northern dancer turf 
Winner of the Northern Dancer Turf was Johnny Bear, sent away at 99-1. to 1. This was a great finish. He was rated in third, got up by a head over the odds-on favorite, Hawkbill, the Godolphin horse, who led almost all the way. And in the third spot was the German-bred Messi. And then, of course, the big one, it was the $800,000 Rico Woodbine Mile. And uh, in this race, Johnny V took control. He rode world approval, the big roan gelding for Mark Cassie, and uh, pretty much took control of the race early on, uh, rated the horse very, very well. Uh, It was a large, bulky field that came to him as they turned for home, but he just ridden the horse so well, had so much left, all of a sudden he let him loose. He waited as long as he could and then pulled away. Just got two little taps on the, on the shoulder there. And world approval adds to his $1.4 million bankroll with that win. In the second place was John Sisko's pick, and that was Lancaster Bomber uh, in from England, trained by Aidan O'Brien. And uh, so we uh, really saw an exciting one there. Third was the Irish-bred Mondelisde, who uh, won this race, I believe it was two years ago. Uh, again, that was the Woodbine Mile. Quick trip down to Louisville. Take a look at the Iroquois. Again, you get derby points for these races. And the winner was the Tabulator, a horse that was coming in from Prairie Meadows. It's Arlington Park base, but won the Prairie Gold Juvenile, got first Lasix, and Jose Valdivia Jr. was back up for the race, and the son of Dialed In got the job done, took the lead at the quarter pole, kind of drifted out late, but didn't matter. You still get the top spot. It was the tabulator over six to five shot Hollywood Star, second in the Saratoga Special, and in the third spot was 10 City, the Kenny McPeak trainee that was so highly tighted after winning the Bashford Manor. So that was the two-year-old boys. The girls, the Pocahontas, Oaks points on the line here. Uh, The the winner was Patrona Margarita at 23 to 1. First time around two turns. My man Brian Hernandez in the saddle after suffering a spill earlier in the day got up and took home this $200,000 race aboard the daughter of special rate Bread in the heart of Texas got the job done, paid forty nine sixty, and in the second spot on the outside was Kelly's Humor at five to one, and so that was the exacta in the Pocahontas. All right, those are the races we looked at last week. Tom Lamar is going to be with us later on to look at the races from Philadelphia, but until then, I'm really looking forward to this interview with. Uh, Jackie Joe Steiner that's going to tell us about his life and times in the saddle while he was competing at the track and what he's doing now. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, I gave you a little bit of an intro at the top of the show about uh, Joe Steiner and his career. Uh, I got lucky enough three weeks ago uh, to meet him at the Phasing Tipton Showcase uh, presented by Woodbine. And uh, just struck it up with him right away and uh, got talking with him. Wow, really interesting uh, individual. What's funny is uh, I knew Joe's wife before he knew him, but I had never met her face-to-face. She did some artwork from some photography I I did with her. Uh, Her work is just fantastic. We'll tell you about her site before we leave because you're going to want to check it out. But uh, until then, I want to introduce everybody to former jockey but still a rider joe steiner joe how you doing i'm doing great john thanks for having me on your show uh, happy to do it happy to do it well um i know you're from you know out in that western part of the state and you did a lot of riding in 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 washington uh, why don't you take us through y- your youth and your entrance into the game for starters all right so it all started when i was like five years old i i realized my uncle was a jockey at the time. His name was Jack Leonard. And my grandfather was a trainer. His name was Jack Leonard. He had been a jockey in the 30s. And when I was five, I saw my uncle riding it up in Longacres in Washington State. And I said, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And I was determined. And uh, I, was, I was very fortunate. I, was, I, I met Johnny Longdon when I was 12 years old wow. through my grandfather. And he said, "Is once you learn how to ride, you come and see me. And it really turned out amazing because I ended up down in California when I was 15. Uh, my grandfather brought me down and uh, my parents reluctantly let me leave the house, uh, made me promise to go to school and, uh, and church. <laughs> so anyway, um, I ended up working for Johnny Longdon down in California and, uh, he, he had my contract when I first started. So, um, fortunately for me, he had some nice horses at the time and I ended up second, leading the apprentice in the nation um, that year. And 
uh, I won like I won like eight races on one horse, five stakes, and my fifth winner was a, a hundred grander at Santa Anita. So I was in some really really good company. I, I really didn't realize it at the time. I it just it is what it is uh, when you're in that in the surroundings that I was in. There, fifteen Hall of Famers, um, Shoemaker, Lafitte Pinkai, Chris McCarron, Sandy Hawley. Um, Eddie Delahousey, and, and the list goes on. Daryl McCard, all these guys were just, you know, riding in their primes, and, and I and I did really well with those guys. So it was really a, in a in a really great time to start. Well, maybe it was a really bad time actually because it was so tough. But it was actually, <laughs> you know, it was it was it was a great time for me. I was I was blessed to be um, coming up in, in in those in in the in the company of those guys. Well, you weren't in a public no. school. You were in one of the world's greatest prep schools if you wanted to learn riding from looking at those around you. You know, last week you never brought up the Johnny Longan part. That's news to me. You know, I guess we have different heroes as we go through life, but back in the day when I started, I, I would have to put Longden and Shoemaker on the same plateau as far as jockeys I revered. Uh, he, he was yeah. just amazing. He, he was amazing, and... and um he was like my second father. I mean, I talked to him for until until the day he died. He 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 lived to ninety seven years old, and um, I called him every week and and we talked. And um, he was an amazing little man. I mean, he was he was uh, very influential in my life. So I mean, he, he so many of his little sayings have stuck in my mind in my in my in my life. So. Um, yeah, I was, I was fortunate to be brought up with him and, and my grandfather. They they really instilled a lot in me through you know in my in my career. So, well, a quick quick side story. One day I'm in Caesars at Las Vegas, and there was a big race on, and I'm standing there. My our flights were scheduled through there, and and I looked down because like when you say little man, only in uh, size, not in stature. And I look over, yeah. and he had to be—he had to be like I'm going to say 80 or something. But, but I recognize him so quick. I go, "Excuse me, sir, are you Johnny Longdon?" He said, "Yeah, as a matter of fact, I am." I said, "Oh my God!" You know. Anyhow, he signed a ticket for me or something. <laughs> I had to get his autograph. You know, that's how much I, I, I you know, love the guy. So, uh, Joe, t- uh, take us through your career and and Emerald Downs and uh, actually, what uh, the some of the traumatic things in your life that have brought you back to be an even better person, uh, uh, quite specifically, some serious injury you had. Yeah, well, through the, through the 35 years of racing, I've, I broke 32 bones, so that put me on the shelf a few of those years through that period of time. Um, and, and I think I rode for five years and never had an injury. You, you feel as though you're invincible when you're young until something does happen. But even at that point, it, I never felt like, uh, you know, that was going to stop me. Um, and it never did. I mean, I'd never had fear. And that's the thing that I, I believe that will stop most jockeys. It's either the weight uh, becomes an issue and they get too big or the fear takes over and, and you realize that you, you're in danger. If you go down, you can really get hurt. So um, those are the kind of things that can't go into your mind and you have to push them out. So... Um, the, the early on in my career I was in Southern California and, uh, after I lost my apprenticeship, I went to Omaha, Nebraska and Axar Ben and was stable rider for Wayne Lucas. And I did really well for him. And then I went up to Longacres in Seattle 
and I finished second on the standings, and then I finished third the next year and second the next year. Um, in between that, I'd go to Southern California again, and it was always tough for me to go back into Southern Cal because they always kind of judged me on my past as a, as a bug boy um, and, and never really seen that I had really improved through all my experiences, which I've you know, won a lot of races since that period of time. So throughout my career, I ended up winning a, a thousand and I think 60-something races. I believe in, in the last two years um, of my career, um, that was actually a five year uh, comeback. You know, I, I was off for six years because I broke my neck. Wow. And the, the doctor said, yeah, I, I, and I had a, I had a, a spill where um, I actually my, couldn't lift my arm up, so I just thought it, they said it was a rotator cuff tear, and it turns out it was something in my neck. So I had to have surgery, and after the surgery, the doctor said, you're done. You can have a ride again. I had a plate, six screws, and two spacers put in there. Um, and I, I just, I was at a loss because I wasn't ready to, to quit. And it was a very hard time for me at that point. I, I felt as though my, uh, I, I didn't, I had no identity. I, I felt like life was over. And it was a really hard time. Um, and I, I really had to do some soul searching. I ended up getting into yoga after a while. And I was helping a friend lose weight, and actually, it became a good thing for me. And I and I got in better condition than I ever had been. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna get on, I'm gonna get on horses again. And I started working horses for Bob Baffert, and I and I was really enjoying myself working working with Looking at Lucky. And I've been on some of his best horses through the years, uh, while racing and not, you know. Um, and during that period of time, I thought, gosh, you know, I'm doing this. Why can't I ride races? So. Off I went, and I ended up riding for five more years. In the last two years, well, let's say I'll, I'll go back. And when I when I started my first, after those six years off, um, I won my my first race back. Well, not my very first race back. It was about my tenth. But my first winner back was at Hollywood Park, and it paid one hundred and sixty dollars. And um, it was a straight maiden race, and I. And I won the race by a head, and I never even hit the horse. I beat Victor Espinosa, and he just looked over and was pissed. But it was, <laughs> it was great. So, so I had a lot of fun. It's for a good friend of mine. And uh, I went on to, um, I, I went on up to Seattle the last the last two years of my career. Which not, I wasn't thinking it was going to be the last two years of my career, but um, it just played out that way. And, and the whole meaning, for, the whole reason for that at the time was uh, my wife was pregnant. Dagmar um, was pregnant with our son. And I wanted to be up around the family. My parents are, you know, we're all getting older. And, you know, my parents, I, I wanted to be around my mom and dad. And they have the racetrack kitchen up at Emerald Down. It's called the Quarter Shoot Cafe. And my sisters live up there. And, and I just wanted to be up around family for this period of time. So the first year I rode up there two years ago, um, I, I had a really good meet. I was, I was winning at 25%. And I won the, the Long Acres Derby on a horse named Prime Engine, and I just had a super meeting. And um, we went to Germany after that for a couple of months, and I, and I geared up and came back in for the next season. And it looked like it was going to be a really strong season. And um, things just didn't play out. There, it, was, it was kind of one of those, those times where I, I, I just felt like, uh, you know, they're, they're cheaper horses up there, and, and I'm, I'm selective at this point in my career. So... I, I got to where I was, I wouldn't ride just anything. So people were kind of skeptical and, um, 
you know, they were kind of like, well, you, you know, my agent said, well, you need to ride, uh, the, people think you just want to ride the good ones and, and not the cripples. And I said, well, that's what I want to ride. I don't want to ride the, the horses that are, you know, have problems. So that was what I was sticking to. So I did, and things were going all right, but they weren't really clicking like I was hoping. And um, it was it's kind of a long story. You can actually look me up. You can Google it. But there was a an incident that happened. I ended up riding this really nice two-year-old that um, he had breezed in 58 in the morning with an older horse, and I knew he could really run. And he ends up winning his maiden race by 11 lengths and in the fourth fastest time in the nation, fourth fastest buyers in the nation for two-year-old Colts at the time by trap shot. And um, looked like he had a great future. And they, 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 they had a lot of people that were wanting to buy this horse and someone had made an offer and they, there were people that owned my Mucho, uh, Mucho Macho Man. Um, so they were flying in on a private jet to watch this horse. They decided to run him one more time up in Emerald Downs. And um, it, it didn't work out too well. The horse ended up breaking his leg that day. And it, it's kind of a, there's a little more to it. But the horse it's a sad story. You don't need to bring. You don't yeah, you need to go sad. into detail. But you know, I so don't need to go into th- detail. All right. Well, listen. I want to do a little bit of name dropping here, okay? Because you left the horse off the list. Yeah. I'm up on. I'm up on the blood horse. Uh, uh, oh, the other day, uh, going through some files because Michael Blowen, who was at the auction we were at, uh, goes, "Oh, that's Joe Steiner." He said he used to be uh, silver. Charm's work, mate. And up on the Blood Horse were some great photos of you with Silver Charm. Uh, does he still hold a place in your heart? And by any chance, did he recognize you when you got to the farm? You know, he did. And, and the great thing was, um, you know, it's funny. It's like Penny Chenry in Secretariat. She lived the rest of her life for that 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 small period of time that she got to experience that that the Derby and the Preakness and the Belmont and all those those that just that small period of time in someone's life had changed someone's life. And that period of time that I got to spend with silver charm, that was only through the Derby, the Preachers and the Belmont. Um, I had some amazing experiences and, and I put them on top of my list of all the horses I've been on, uh, probably over 60,000 that I counted because I write everything down um, between the morning and the afternoons. And he's number one on my list. And I've been on a lot of good horses mostly for Baffert, you know, because I've worked a lot for him and I've ridden some for him, some of the good ones too, but I rode real quiet the first two times he ran and, you know, I was uh, very, very fortunate to be able able to get on some of these amazing horses, but Silver Charm is number one on my list out of all the horses I've ever been on. Just his intelligence, um, his, he just had a presence to him and he had a, a small, a little short story is a, um, one of the little experiences I had, we were getting ready for the Belmont and we were at Churchill Downs and he was walking around the shed row and Bob goes, Joe, you can't mess this workout up. And I said, Bob, I, I don't mess workouts up. You know, I, I, you know, I don't. So then he goes, well, they just told me he's worth $37 million this morning. And I go, <laughs> Oh boy. I said, well, you know what? You really didn't have to tell me that right now. But, and I got a little nervous, you know, I got, it made me a little uncomfortable and, you know, they, plus he was going for the, the Belmont, the triple crown and the $5 million bonus on top of that. And, 
you know, and, and here it's all the pressures on me not to mess the workout up. But as soon as I hopped on him, he was so calm, I just calmed down. And normally it's the other way around. I, I usually calm the horse, but he calmed me. So that was, that's, that was the class that he had. And he, and he carries that through to this day. And anybody that comes around and kind of sees that, he's just a, just a really neat horse. Well, Joe, my producer's oh, yeah. telling me I gotta I gotta wind things up. I just want to point out to everybody that uh, while you're not riding in the afternoons, you're still riding in the mornings for some of the top guys in Kentucky. One of my favorite trainers mm-hmm. of all time, Wesley Ward and Brian Lynch at Keeneland, uh, Brennan Walsh at Churchill Downs. And if anybody sees Joe Steiner, they're going to see that he could probably, if he wanted to, go back to competition. He's fit. He's riding weight. Uh, but also, uh, welcome to. To Kentucky, welcome to Georgetown, town, and, and um, y- your wife Dagmar. And I'm going to let you pronounce her last name so I don't screw it up in German. Yeah, um, it's Dagmar Galleitner, G-A-L-L-E-I-T-H-N-E-R, and hyphen Steiner. So uh, Galleitner is her is her maiden name. So boy, I've been screwing that up for up, years. You know, by yeah. Anyway, I just want to tell yeah. everybody, she is one of the most outstanding equine artists in the world. I believe she's German, but if you talk to her, you'd think she was from upstate New York, no accent whatsoever. And uh, it was just a pleasure meeting you, uh, meeting Dagmar and your son, uh, Jonah, uh, good looking kid. And uh, Joe, I, I, I thank you so much for joining us here on, on Winning Ponies. Uh, your, your life's a great story and uh, the story's not done yet. No, I'm still writing the book. You know, it's it's continuing on, and that's the great thing about life. You just you just keep moving on and creating more uh, experiences, and and we have a, a a lot of chapters to be created. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, we've been talking with Jackie, retired Jackie Joe Steiner, and we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies. We come back. Tom Lamara is going to be with us. Thanks for listening. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and if you listen to Winning Ponies on a regular basis, you know that this man is no stranger to the show. I had him on so many times when he lived in Lexington. I got to be friends with he and his, his wife, Karen. Uh, of course, uh, he after graduating from uh, Rutgers University, I think that's a community college someplace, um, he, uh, landed a job. <laughs> he landed a job Stay at college. the Daily Racing Forum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he lived in Lexington for many, many years. And just, I'm going to say now, a year and a half ago or so, um, has relocated to Laurel, Maryland, where he's the news editor, where he, uh, he is now the managing editor of uh, THARacing.com, handles communications for the Maryland THA, and is involved in special projects for the Maryland Jockey Club. Tom, how do you like uh, your new responsibilities? I like it a lot. Um, you know, it's nice to be back. You know, it's, you know, we're not in New Jersey, but, you know, when you grow up, when you grow up in this area, you know, um, you know, you're so accessible to Maryland, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York, West Virginia. It kind of all blends together. So, you know, it's kind of always been home for me. So it's really nice to be back home. Um, as much as I like, loved Kentucky and, Really loved Ohio, to be honest with you, but we didn't live there, as you know, but I spent a lot of time up there. Um, yeah, it's just really, really nice to be back, and, uh, you know, we're starting to get settled, and, um, you know, there's a bunch of racetracks around here within a couple hours or less, and it's really nice. So, yeah, it's just really hot here right now, which I'm not crazy about at the end of September, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the AC's on in my house here in right. northern Kentucky, southern Ohio. So, uh, what can I say? But uh, I'll take it over a uh, uh, snowstorm any day of the week. Um, yeah. So, um, you, you told me you're working on some projects that you wouldn't tell me about. But basically, tell me a little bit about what it is you're doing down there um, as the managing editor and working with the Maryland Jockey Club. Well, the um, the managing editor job of the website for the THA really is it's it's mainly a horseman a horseman oriented website um there's a lot of information you know like factual information about medication policy there's uh, a lot of aftercare stuff on there um you know um claiming rules for each state where the THA has a horseman's group and um, what I do is, you know, I try to keep it current with, um, you know, with news that, you know, trainers, owners, and, and, and to a point breeders may be interested in. You know, I, I'm the only one who does it. So, you know, I, I have to kind of pick and choose what I post. Um, you know, we don't want to be a, a you know, a uh, n- news website for everybody. Like, you know, I don't cover races or anything. I... I do freelance for Mid-Atlantic Thoroughbred. I cover West Virginia, so I do that end of it for racing. But it's really not a, a, a race coverage website. It's more just some nuts and bolts stuff for horsemen. The MTHA, I do a lot of communication stuff. We had a, um, 
the annual uh, backstretch appreciation party on Tuesday at Laurel. And it's really, it was packed. It was absolutely packed. And it's kind of a joint effort between the, the Maryland Jockey Club and the MTHA. You know, food, uh, $2,500 in cash prizes, some merchandise to hand out. And it's, um, you know, it's just really, it's, it's been really interesting getting involved in the other side. You know, like I wrote about stuff, or right. I've never right. been directly involved in it. And, you, and I can tell you what, it's opened my eyes to things that I didn't realize that horsemen's groups do. Uh, people who, you know, I might have walked past, you know, in the grandstand at Turfway and not even know that he or she was a groom. And, you know, but here, you know, I see them every day. Um, you know, a lot of them come into the office because um, Merlin has a uh, horseman's health system um, that is supported by the track tracks and the uh, horseman's group. And there's, you know, there's a full-time doctor on every racing day. And, you know, these doctors serve, you know, um, the backstretch workers. They take care of the jockeys when something happens. We actually had one that saved the life of a groom in the paddock at Laurel Park last Saturday when he had a heart attack. So, wow. you, know, it, it, you, you know, it's stuff that you don't see when you just kind of write about it, but when you're involved in it, um, I've gained a real appreciation for the foundation of the business that I really didn't have before. And I hate to say that because I covered it for 20 years. So shame on me, I guess. But, um, you know, when you're directly involved, you just kind of learn different things. Um, but you know, um, look, I still follow racing closely and, um, you know, I still handicap in bed. It's not like I've closed the door <laughs> on that. I still write, but you know, but I'm not a full-time journalist anymore. I do some other things, which has really been good for me. So, well, you know, it's funny. I, it sounds a little bit like your life kind of, you know, as parallels, uh, our friend Jenny Reese's and, and Jenny, you know, yeah, conversations is, I've had, had <laughs> I've had with her has been the same thing. She's like, Oh my God, John! You know, you know. Now I see what you guys used to do for us in the media, because now I've got to do it for the media. You know, but you know, she's mm -hmm. being exposed to a lot more. Uh, you know, like you said, issues she used to report on. Now she's involved in. Yes, yeah, and and it does give you a different perspective. Um, you know, when I write stuff. I mean, it's still it's still mainly in the same style. I haven't quite adapted to the press release style because it's really, you know, I've got to say, it's just not, it's just not me. You know, like when I'm writing about something, I try to throw in as much information as I can. Yes. You know, like I were writing a story and, and, and I, I, that isn't a bad thing. You know, I'm just not a rah, rah. I never have been. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, I'm, I, I'm starting to adjust. I'm trying to blend both and not make it look like I'm a rah, rah, if that makes any sense. But no, it, it's good because it, it's got content. Uh, you know, the, that, I think that's the problem with uh, racing journalism these days is it's cut and paste. Let's get out of here. You know, three things to know about the Pennsylvania Derby. Boom. You know, um, and we're losing more and more people like 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 you and Jenny and 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 
Gary West and Bob Fortas, uh, people that could really, you know, craft a story and make you want to learn more about this person or more about this horse or more about this race. And now it's just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Let's move on. And and since you did that your whole life, um, you know, I, I think it's great that you give more content to a release than just the who, what, where, and when. Yeah, and and you know, hope hopefully I can kind of improve on it. Um, like I, you know, like I mean, I had I you know I've done some uh, you know some PR freelance at the Red Mile years ago when I lived in Kentucky. You know, I moonlighted it. And, you know, I, you know, um, a lot of that was mainly about like writing about races or writing about what happened in races, which, you know, which is kind of second nature to me anymore. But, um, you know, there are certain, you know, there are some sensitive issues that I deal with and I, you know, I've kind of learned to be a little bit more, uh, you know, to, to kind of put forth a positive image, um, you know, not make things up, but <laughs> believe me, that isn't me. But no, but there's so many great to, things that happen. Yeah, there are actually there. Actually, yeah, you're right. You know, in Maryland, um, you know, we're all really fortunate because there are, you know, there are still the, you know, the same issues that nag the industry. But in general, Maryland has been very positive. There's been a real spirit of cooperation. Um, I've not seen it anywhere else, um, you know, in my 25 years in the business. And it's just very, very positive. I hope it continues. And I hope it spreads throughout the Mid-Atlantic, um, which is kind of my personal, you know, that's one of my personal things is for the Mid-Atlantic to get back to where it should be because it's just a great place to race and breed horses. But, you know, when you have a bunch of tracks with conflicting dates and conflicting stake schedules, it gets difficult. But I'm hoping that everybody can work on that and fix it because this really is a great place to race and breed horses. So. All right. Well, Tom, with that said, I know we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, I, I love having you on the show for, for your insights. But I also like having you on because... I've seen you cash a few bets over your lifetime. So let's start out with the big one because we know we've got time for that. And that's the grade one Pennsylvania Derby, a million dollars, a derby, meaning these are for three-year-olds. And uh, we're seeing uh, some horses that, you know, uh, were grabbing headlines early in the year, boom, got spanked over the head maybe in the derby and then are, are making comebacks. And then we've also got the, the younger upstarts that were just developing as three-year-olds when the Triple Crown was going on. And now have blossomed into uh, some pretty exciting horses. I guess the the one I'm talking about most in that second story would have to be West Coast. Um, This is a horse that when you look at his uh, ability to stretch out and his times, he just gets better and better. He's he's a a flatter uh, colt uh, from the Baffert barn owned by Gary and Mary West. Uh, Mike Smith has picked up the mount. Of course, didn't win the Kentucky Derby, but won the Midsummer Derby. Uh, I, while I'm going to bet this race, at least in trifecta settings, uh, I definitely say that uh, West Coast, certainly on paper, appears to be the one to beat. Uh, yeah, you know what? I've got to agree with you because, um, you know, um, he, 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 had, he had shown some speed um, much earlier this year. But, you know, the Travers, uh, which I, you know, some people say, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a great field. It was a big field, but it wasn't great. But you know what? Um, the horse, um, you know, he, 
he grabbed the lead. I, I don't necessarily think that that's really how he prefers to run. And, no. you know, I, I mean, I think the pace was fairly honest, at least the second half of the race was. You know, and he drew away and won. Um, you know, there, there is, I think there's more speed in this race. But you know what? I don't think it matters if he comes from third, fourth, or fifth. Uh, I think, you know, I think, you know, this is just one of those Baffert horses that, you know, has gotten really, really good at the right time. Um, uh, you know, he's eight to five in the morning line. My guess is he might be less than that. I'm not thrilled with that. But, you know, if you just want to assess a race and say who you think has the best shot, I would I would have to say it. All right. Well, I, I'm going to take a shot at that. Should, for some reason, he not show up on this day, uh, a horse that I've been following very, very closely and have seen in person uh, run it in at least three graded stakes races, and that's Irap. Uh, Tom, th- this horse put a line through his derby, and he- he's one of the best three-year-olds in training. Now, he didn't win the Travers, but he did run a 101 buyer behind West Coast, and quite frankly, I thought he should have gotten second. I thought Gunnavera came over on him late in the, right in, late in the game. It's interesting that I see Doug O'Neill do the same thing he did uh, for the Indiana Derby is he didn't bring the horse back to the West Coast. He, I don't know if he personally knows the horse and, you know, he figures, well, he's not a great shipper, but he kept him at Parks. And this horse has had some really solid workouts at Parks. So I got to think, you know, that's definitely an advantage. I'm not saying it's an advantage that's going to put him in front of West Coast, but I really do think Irap, who's a half brother to Spitestown, is a horse that's just got a world of upside to him. Yeah, you know his race in the Travers was was very good. Um, like you said, you know there was a little bit of uh, you know um, uh, whatever happened in the stretch, but the horse, you know, he made a really really good move. Um, you know, he wasn't going to catch West Coast. Maybe he no. could have finished second. I don't know. But um, you're right. Um, you know, he, you know, he came into the Travers after going back to California after the Indiana Derby win. So, but you know, he's he's been at parks for you know for at least uh, I don't know three four weeks. So um, you know what? Um, you know, he. I think he's a second choice in the morning line, but. I do like him as well. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's had a great year. Uh, the Kentucky Derby to me, you know what? I, I, I just throw out the Kentucky Derby. I, I don't really know what the hell happened. <laughs> For in that everybody race. but the top three, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, so you take it out and you're looking at a really, really good horse. The, uh, the other horse who I'm going to throw in with them is Game Over. Um, you know, um, he ran a, you know, a pretty good second, in the West Virginia Derby. That was his first start for Jorge Navarro. And I don't want to get into all that stuff, but, um, you know, he ran really well. Colonel's dark temper came back in a race at parks a couple weeks ago. And I think he finished third or fourth. I'm not sure. Yeah. That he's running really in the Remington uh, Derby yeah, or the Oklahoma Derby this week. Yeah. Oh, he is. Okay. So, you know, but, um, you know, he's only raced four times, and, you know, his fourth start, I thought, in the West Virginia Derby was really good. Um, the uh, You know, the winner was in front most of the way, and he wasn't going to catch him. Um, but he's been working really well at Monmouth, you know. Um, 
Kendrick Carmouche is riding him for the first time. He's got a good record at Parks. He he was the leading rider there, I think, for a couple of years. Oh yeah, thirty two percent right now. You yeah. Know? So you know, I, I I think you know that might that might be a you know he's got a little bit of early speed. I think he might be you know a horse to throw in is what I'm saying really. But right. Right. Well, okay. Well, I'm 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 going to do that. Now, uh we only got 5 minutes left, so I, I do want to okay. get to the grade 1 million dollar cotillion as I said at the head of the show. I'm sure a lot of people weren't happy when they picked up their overnight and saw that Baffert had Abel Tasman in there. The way I see it, Mike Smith rides the late double <laughs> cuz <'Cause> Abel <laughs> Tasman has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, since her uh, Kentucky Oaks win, now she is one that he that he did take back to Saratoga, but she hasn't run since July 23rd. Uh, has had some really solid works ever since then, and uh, I'm sorry, I, you know, m- much much like uh, West Coast in the first race, I, I got to put her on top and just shop around a little bit underneath obviously it is well will be well backed as well as uh, perhaps uh lock down an actress yeah this uh, you know you're right i i i i kept looking for you know um looking for some other way to go outside of abel tasman and um i couldn't find it you know um you know she can she can come from far back she can make a move mid-race she can be closer to the pace I, I i just i just don't know if uh the rest of them are are up for it um it is well you know she ran second in the alabama which was a good race um you know i i, I just <laughs> i don't know um you know she you know she also comes in from california i i think you're right you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to overanalyze this race. There is a horse in here that I might throw in. Um, she's twenty to one on the morning line. Sine Wave, uh, trained by Ben Perkins. She was she was cross centered in the Charlestown Oaks, which is Saturday night, and um, which is a Grade Three for three hundred thousand. And apparently, she's going to scratch. This is what I what I was told. She's going to scratch at Charlestown and uh, running the grade one at Parks. And, you know, she's one for one at Parks, um, which was uh, this past winter. You know, she didn't, you know, won a, a seven for a long allowance race. But, you know, uh, uh, her her last couple races have been good. One of them was at Penn. I don't know what to make of that. But, um, you know, she's, I just, you know, she's, She's got early speed. Uh, mile and sixteenth is fine. I don't know if she has the quality, but you know, at some point you need to go a little bit deeper in these races. And I think maybe, maybe Perkins thinks that he's got a shot to hit the board in this race. All right, Robbie Alvarado coming in town to ride yeah, uh, right. again. Well, it's good to have a twenty to one shot for our try. Um, and uh, Tom, uh, it's two minutes to post as far as me ending the show on winning ponies. Uh, the Galen Bob six furlongs. It's three year olds. The horses have decided they're not going to going to stretch out in here. Um, one horse I'll be very interested in is Excitations because this was one of those racing club horses out of the fairgrounds that Al Stalls training. And man, what a nice jump up! You know, after it realized it didn't want to go a mile and a sixteenth in the Matt Win 
comes back, runs a strong second in the Amsterdam. The only problem is couldn't catch Cole Front, uh, who was in the Amsterdam, won that wire to wire. Tried to stretch out just a little bit more, going seven furlongs. We'll be dropping back. Dangerous Pletcher Velasquez. Yeah, um, you know, uh, this race here, um, uh, number four running mate, who was 15 to one in the morning line, trained by Larry Jones. Um, you know, he's, he's only raced twice since his comeback from the one time he went two turns at fairgrounds. Um, in January and, um, you know, uh, he won an allowance race last time, one Oh nine and three at Delaware park. Uh, you know what? I think this horse is ready for, uh, like his best race. <laughs> so that is who I am betting in the gallant Bob running. Mate. All right. Brian, well, I, I, yeah, that's it. Brian I, Pedroza comes in to ride. I'm, I'm shooting for the price in that race. I think he's really good. So. All right. Well, I love having long shots uh, to put in with my uh, notorious chalk horses. But uh, Tom Lamara, <laughs> as always, thank you so much for joining us here on Winning no Ponies. Problem. Say hi to Karen, uh, and uh, I thank you very much for, for being with us. I also want to thank Joe Steiner. What a very interesting life story he's got. We may have to have a part one, part two with Joe Steiner. And I want to thank uh, our producer, Matt Widener. And I want to thank all of you, the listeners, uh, for, for joining us on this show. I get some good positive feedback from it. But the important thing to know is I know it's drive time out on the West Coast right now is this show's on podcast, winningponies.com. Go click on my uh, you know bearded face up in the right-hand corner, and you'll be able to pull down all the shows, uh, not only this one, but all the ones in the past. And uh, hopefully we gave you some winners. And if uh, we didn't, Go to the easy win forms because they've been doing awfully well. So for Joe Steiner, Tom Lamara, producer Matt Widener, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.